Hello, Popecast. How are we doing today? I am talking like uh, Bernie Kozar. No, I'm talking like that other one who was best pals with Muhammad Ali. Hey there, kid. Hey there, champ. How's it going, champ? I'm working on my voices, guys. How is that? I can't remember his name. God bless America. I know his name, but I cannot remember it. If I did the accent well enough, if I did the voice well enough, then you're yelling it into the abyss right now as you're driving in your car. Hey there. Hey there, champ. How's it going, champ? What is a uh, champ? Is the only thing I can say, apparently, in this voice. My name is... Oh, there it is. My name is Howard Cosell. And I am here ringside with the great champion of the world, Muhammad Ali. Champ, what do you got to say about the upcoming fight? All right. How was that? That was a minute of bad Howard Cosell impression. I got to lock that in. I think I'm close on a Howard Cosell impression. I don't know how close, but... Um, Mostly the point of that, I guess, is that I'm not that good at impressions. If that is the best one I've got. I'm going to start to try to nail down some more impressions just to try to uh, just to say I did, you know, because I don't have anything else going on. That's the real bottom line here, guys. Not a lot going on. Gosh darn it. Thanks for tuning in. This is the Popecast with Ian Pope. Yeah, I'm still doing these. Why am I doing it? Um, well, because... I don't really have any good real reason because I've got about 10 to 15 free minutes bi-monthly that I ramble into the abyss to you guys. So, man, oh man, it's rainy as balls out here. No, that's not, that's not an expression. Shouldn't be, right? Everything just as balls. Hot as balls makes sense, I guess, because balls are super hot, right? Everybody loves balls. That doesn't even make sense. Gosh, um, sweaty as balls? No. I mean, yeah, I guess, but, you know, why do just as balls need to come into the lexicon? See, this is what happens in the Popecast. We start rambling, and by we, I mean me, and by me, I mean us. Because that's what we do here, as always, in the Popecast. Uh, recorded in one take. No edits, for better, for worse. Oftentimes for better. And occasionally for worse. So that's it, man. I uh, did record one of these previously that I think I just deleted. It might still be on the computer somewhere, but I think I just honestly deleted it. It was just, it turned it into me rambling about just inside baseball of Des Moines comedy. And it was so annoying. Um, I it was just even annoying myself as I was talking. I was like, why is this the stuff I'm talking about? Um, which is fine, I guess. Good to um, verbalize. Um, but that's not what we need to be talking about here on the Popecast. We're going to be talking about important things like the fact that I'm on my last pair of contacts right now. And that's just how I do it. I just do not plan ahead as a full-grown adult um, long enough ahead of time. You know, I knew, I knew as I put these in, as I threw the last ones away months ago, this is my last pair of contacts. If something happens with these, you're blind. You're wearing glasses. Ian, you hate wearing glasses because it feels like there's something on your face. Because there is, and that's not a feeling that you like. I don't like to have the little thing resting on the bridge. I feel like if I'm bending over, if I'm being active, then the glasses are coming up loose. I 
was prescribed glasses in like, I believe preschool or kindergarten or something like that. And that's how bad my eyesight was. Occasionally it'll take a little while longer for them to pinpoint that a child needs glasses because their eyesight is just kind of bad. I was blind as a bat basically right out of the shoot. So right, and by shoot, I mean my mother's vagine. You know, as soon as I popped out of there, must much have got, got a little bit of, uh, got a little bit of sauce in my eyeball and just, uh, just spoiled me from the start. So I don't know, man. But uh, I, every time I go to the optometrist, which is, which is every five years, I go to the optometrist um, about every five years and it's a pretty darn close to exactly to five years. And I know, I know that because Every time I see this guy, he said, Ian, how did you make a one-year supply of contact lenses last for five years? And he means this so genuinely. He's, he's like honestly concerned about me, you know, and I, I'm saying I always just sort of sarcastic, sarcastically reply, yeah, pretty good, right? And I was able to do that. And he just flatly, dryly replies, no. He doesn't expound on it. He just lets the no hang in the air. So at that point, I feel put on the spot. And so I say the same joke every time in reply. This has happened, I mean, probably four times now, five-year increments, 5, 10, 15, 20. I pretty much got my contact lenses close to when I was 17. So four times in a row, I know I've been telling this joke forever. And, you know, it's not just uh, not the best joke in the world, but it's a true joke for the moment. And it he hates it every time. <laughs> this joke's never gotten a laugh. But this is just one of those things. So I say, yeah, Doc, I just, you know, try to make them last longer because I don't want the landfills to be just piling up full of contact lenses. I want to do my part to keep contact lenses out of the landfills. Doctor, I'm an environmentalist. And um, <laughs> this poor bugger never even just cracks a smile. That's all I would take, really, at this point. Just just a smile, a courtesy chuckle, anything like that. He gives me nothing. And he just ends up going on some diatribe about how eye health is so vital, so vital, so vital. And uh, his lack of sense of humor or willingness to, um, you know appease me with a chuckle is probably the main reason why I don't feel the need to see him more often than every five years. So I, um, he'd pull some dirty pool in there. He always makes me take my contacts out of my eyes. He looks at them for a split second into the, you know, some of the little glass glassware. And then he makes me throw them away right away and put on my glasses. Cause he claims, claims that, Whatever I'm doing in there isn't isn't healthy for my eyes, so it's baloney. It's a fun thing about going to the uh, to the eye doctor every five years is that you get to see just leaps and bounds of advancement in eye technology. Like I don't know what they're doing inside of an optometrist's office these days, but I'm pretty sure it's not the same stuff they were doing five years ago. I remember all of a sudden they just had some magical way to know my prescription or something like that. I think this was five years ago. See, that's the problem. It happens so infrequently. But I believe that they just all of a sudden, instead of like the, is it this one or this one? And they flip it and they flip it. And then you start second guessing yourself. You know, which one is it? I don't know. I need to see the first one again. Ah, oh, they look pretty close, pretty similar, but maybe 
Um, I bet I got to pick one. I got to be decisive here. So I'm going to say that A was better. And then he says, okay, A or B. Flip, 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 flip. I love that little flip sound. It was so cool. But I did not like the fact that my prescription was coming down to my own personal judgment. You know, reliance upon my personal judgment. Like, doctor, I've got bad judgment. That's why I've got contacts with a one-year prescription that I make last for five. So my judgment shouldn't be the deciding factor in whatever prescription that you give me. You know, you think he would think we would know that by now. But so now I'm at a crossroads. Another reason I don't like to go that often is because I feel like it always sticks me with like a thousand dollar bill or something obscene like this. And I know I've never used them, but I know that there's these services where you can just type in your prescription online and then now they'll just like send you. I don't know if they're like black market contacts, which doesn't sound like a great idea, but they just send you contact lenses. Um without having to see a doctor that you know tell you for a low for a low rate and for a while my eyes were so bad with my astigmatism and this and that and the other thing that that wasn't even a possibility i don't know my eyes have always been sort of outside of the purview of of medical medical uh, help even with the prescription that i've got it's still they can't get me to 2020 or some baloney like that they told me before for years with an astigmatism you couldn't get laser surgery. Oh, this reminds me. I So I've been thinking, I've been circling the wagon on laser eye surgery. I've been really kind of, uh, you know, mulling it over um, like for like the last, I mean, honestly, for like 20 years, for as long as I've had, for as long as I've had contact lenses. I played freshman football wearing glasses in high school and God damn what a miserable experience that was. It was just, I mean, every day, it was like that, uh, I don't remember a lot about Little Giants, but it was similar to Little Giants, that guy who was blowing snot bubbles. I think he had glasses on under there. That was basically me in uh, freshman year football, junior high football. And then, uh, and I was even playing baseball in glasses all those years with glass lenses. How insane is that? My parents, my dad specifically, I think, was on the thing like, he doesn't want no uh, plastic lenses, didn't. Didn't trust these plastic lenses, these these uh, newfangled plastic lenses. So instead, he had me in like, in like each my my eyes were so bad that each lens weighed like two pounds, and plus these metal frames. So I had like five pound weight just stacked on my little face from a young age, all because my dad wasn't buying it. He thought that these plastic lenses, I don't even know what, might give me cancer or something like that. To uh, who knows what the deal was. So, oh yeah, so back in the day, the first LASIK eye surgery they gave you was, um, they actually had to like slice your cornea with like, I guess, obviously like a little razor blade and then they would like peel back the top layer. And I also don't know if the cornea is the top layer, but we're just going to say it is. I don't know anything about eye eyes besides that mine suck. Um, but that was the original LASIK eye surgery is that they would like peel back the top layer of your eyeball and then they would place a lens inside and then they would just like fold it back over. They would fold your eye back shut. But the problem with cutting that membrane surface of an eyeball is that apparently that was that would never heal. That would just you would just always have that open. So if you did something like water skiing, for example, 
there have been tales of people who would be water skiing with this first wave eye technology and then like a wave would catch their eye and flip their eye open and then the little lens would pop out. So, um, you know, first wave technology. I applaud all of you who are always on the first wave of technology. Like I never get the new iPhone right away. I'd always just sit back because I assume there's going to be something wrong with it. And it's probably because I was forever scarred by being tempted to get laser eye surgery before, um, at the time I wish they had to cut your freaking eyeballs open with a knife. How crazy is that? So I waited years and years and there was something to do with astigmatisms too. They couldn't fix astigmatisms, which I think it means astigmatism. All of you optometrists listening, feel free to send me an email on this one ianwpope at gmail.com. I've given that email out like a half dozen times. Nobody emails me any anything ever. So if I assume that we've got several optometrists listening. But uh, I believe in astigmatism is when your eyeball is shaped like a football. You want basketball, baseball, golf ball, sphere, spheroid eyeballs. And my eyeballs, if I have this right, which I will not vouch for, um, I believe are elongated, more like a rugby ball. Maybe that's the analogy, but something that's not right. Wrong shaped balls. So any hoodle, any hoodles, which <laughs> um, any hoodles, the technology has Im improved greatly, right? The Im technology is now much, much better. But uh, so I was thinking about doing it again. You know, they only want like two grand an eyeball. It seems like a pretty reasonable thing. I just want to be able to fall asleep watching a show without like falling asleep on my glasses, which are just bent to shit because that's that's what happens. You fall asleep with them on, you roll over on them, you bend them, they roll over. They're just bumbling around in bed all night. So your glasses, if you're me, aren't really daily wearers because they are like before bedtime, watch a show, try not to get stabbed in the eyeball by uh, whatever those little side pieces call. I wish I knew some terms, you know? I wish I knew some terms. Whatever the little side pointy piece that goes over your ear, you got two of those, one for each ear, whatever that's called. You just hope that doesn't poke you in the eye, you know? I'm gonna take a drink now, I'm parched. That's good, that's good stuff. Anyway, enough ranting about that. Oh no, the whole point I was trying to make about that is that I've been kind of rounding the wagon, coming to terms with maybe getting some laser eye surgery lately. And then I was driving down to a show. We had a show down, another theater show down in Corridon, which was great fun. And I was riding down there with my buddy Sean. And he was saying that he just got laser eye surgery. And now everything that he sees is like he's seeing double. How crazy is that? He went back to the doctor and they looked at him. They referred him back to the surgeon. He went blah, 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 the whole, the whole rigmarole. And he got back in front of the surgeon and he was like, I don't know, man. I honestly don't know what's going on. I've never seen this before. And so I'm sure the statisticians, all the uh, number crunchers would tell you that this is a, such a, a rarity, blah, blah, blah. Don't worry about it. But I had one of these cases brought forth right before my eyes. He said it's that if he, he was looking at a barn on the horizon, like a white barn against like a darker surface, and he said that he could see a second white barn directly below the real white barn, like a mirage barn on the horizon. 
So that was kind of all that I needed to kind of pump the brakes on LASIK eye surgery for a while. Anywho, this has been a long rant about eye about eyeballs. You guys now know my full medical history of my eyeballs. Looks like 16 minutes in there. I'm going to finish up with one more thing about a story that I heard just yesterday. This is a pretty interesting story. This is a story about a trash-talking, competitive barefoot runner uh, whose motto was, you shoes, you lose. He would talk smack to some of the other runners, you shoes, you lose. And competitive running rarely has had a heel, but this guy had a real, truly callous soul. You know, he's tough as nails. So tough that he ran directly on his balls. So that's a story that I heard about a uh, trash-talking barefoot runner. So take that one to the bank. Tell that one to your grandma at Sunday dinner. This has been the Pope cast. This has been your good buddy, Ian Pope. This has been fun. Thanks for tuning in. Talk to you next time.